Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Hello and welcome to a new podcast. My name is Thad Ismart. I'm a senior financial planner at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. And today's topic, we're going to talk about financial wellness. What is financial wellness? Financial wellness is simply the relationship you have with money. It also includes plans you have in place to deal with variables that could impact your finances and and financial well-being over time. But improving your financial wellness means improving your relationship with money. Some examples of financial wellness includes sticking with your budget. It's easy to create a budget. It's hard to stick to it. Having a solid emergency fund in place. We have talked about emergency funds in podcasts and webinars, but an emergency fund is there in case you need to pay for your expenses in the event you become disabled, lose work, your income goes down. Having that in place is an example of financial wellness. Feeling emotionally balanced about money. Money can cause many people anxiety. It could be about investing or not having enough or spending too much. But being balanced about it, financial wellness. Having your goals in place, short-term, mid-term, long-term. Knowing them, understanding them, making them achievable. If they're not achievable, then you need to make adjustments to make those goals achievable. Otherwise, there's no point in having goals. Those are just some of the examples of financial wellness. And to gauge the current state of your finances, ask yourself these questions. Are you financially prepared for emergencies? Do you have active plans in place to reach all of your goals, short-term, mid-term, and long-term? Do you have a budget? Do you stick to it? And all of these, if your answer no to a budget, for example, you don't necessarily need a budget. Some people don't need it. But these are just some of the things you should ask yourself. Ask yourself about your attitude towards money. How do you feel about money? You may think, I love money. I want lots of it. Well, does it give you anxiety? Do you shy away from reviewing your finances because of that anxiety? It could be other feelings. Does it, it, getting to know yourself and how you feel about money is very important in order to take these next steps towards increasing your financial wellness. Keep in mind that these questions are not intended to make you feel bad. It's just a start to get you to a better understanding of where you are to help you devise a starting point to improve that financial wellness. Now that you have some examples of what financial wellness is and how to get a better understanding of where you are, let's go through some tips on how to improve your financial wellness. This is an ongoing process. It's not going to be as if taking these steps now and, and, and you're done in a week, a month, a year, you're good. For it. Keep on taking these steps, recognizing where you are and what you do. For example, live on less than you make. That's not a one-time thing. Live well beneath, it doesn't have to be well, but live beneath your means, meaning don't live paycheck to paycheck. If you are living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck, If you don't get a raise, you're stuck. You're not going to go anywhere. You need to live below your means. Keeping up with the Joneses is a common example. We have have a client who um, told a story about their friends 
who seemed to copy their every move. They bought a house, clients did. They bought a house, had a child, bought a house in a good school district at the time. Child was clearly getting close to four, almost going to start kindergarten. But over those few years, that elementary school, the grades, the, the rating went down for a number of reasons. So a decision needed to be made. The clients either needed to move to a good school district or save for private school. They decided to move to a good school district. And so their house cost more. But their friends, even though they just bought their house a year ago, decided to buy a bigger house too to keep up with the Joneses. Their last name wasn't Jones, but that's an example. They are not living below their means. They live paycheck to paycheck. They have a $1,200 car payment and a bigger house living on half the income that our clients were living on, which is fine. It's not our clients, but that's an example of not living below your means. If you currently and ongoingly live below your means, you'll have freed up cash flow and have the financial flexibility to do as you wish, save for college, a vacation home, go on more vacations, live below your means. Make sure you have an emergency fund saved before you invest. If you don't have an emergency fund saved and you're investing, well, you should think about the emergency fund first. Now, I say investing, I probably, I do mean outside of your current employer plans. Always make sure you get the current match that your employer offers you through your employer-sponsored plan, 401k, 403b. But make sure you have an emergency fund in case you lose your job, become disabled. Um, you don't want to dip into your long-term savings or go or have to use credit to pay for your expenses because you don't have enough money set aside. Another way to create or to increase your financial wellness is to create multiple sources of income. This can be more difficult than for most people um, because how do you create that? How do you find time? You can have a side business. You can sell collectibles or make t-shirts. And it's not necessary. Or rental properties is another source of income. But having multiple sources of income, most people really have their main source is their employer. But having multiple sources gives you financial flexibility. I would suggest start out with something that you like as a hobby to see if it makes money, but not because you want to make money, but because you like it. And then see if that develops into a second source of income. If it does, great. If it doesn't, well, then at least you know you're doing what you want to do and you're having fun doing it. Another tip, don't be afraid to ask for help. And I've seen this happen many times. Older clients may come to us for the first time in their mid-60s when they're about to retire. And they say, hey, Thad, I'm going to retire. Can I do that? Well, I'll work with you. But I wish it came to me 25 years, 10 years, five years earlier, because then I could have created a plan. You would have been in a much, much better position had you come to me earlier than a year, two years before you're going to retire. Sometimes clients come to us after they're retired and say, do I have enough money? Might be too late to do anything. Don't be afraid to ask for help. We're always here. Ask for help. And it's okay to ask for help because you can't know everything about everything. We have clients who are literally rocket scientists. They don't have the time, interest, the knowledge because of the time. They don't have the emotional werewolf. There's many reasons that they have us help manage their money. Just because they can't, don't want to. So don't be afraid. Always ask for help. Most important part of the financial planning process are the checkups. We call them the reviews. Annually review your finances. If you're working with a professional, have them work with you on an annual basis, at least to review if you have a plan. Review your plan to make sure you're on track. If you're not on track, what do you need to do to get back on track? The most important part of the financial planning process are the reviews, because if you have a plan in place and you don't track and see if you're doing well or not, how do you know if it's working? You don't. Make sure you have those reviews. 
Another way is track your spending. You don't have to necessarily create a budget. Get a good idea of where your money's going. Classify your expenses as discretionary, non-discretionary, somewhat discretionary. If you're married, both spouses do that separately. Compare notes and see where you can trim the fat, so to speak. Maybe there's some expenses you don't need. Maybe you don't need to be spending $1,000 out on dining and, and lunches, or maybe you don't need all of those Amazon packages. Maybe you do, but that's a good way, a good exercise to track your expenses to see if something can be cut. Use a budget that works for you if you need to use a budget. I have another podcast where I talk about budgeting. It's hard to, it's easy to create a budget. It's hard to stick to. There's many different types of budgets out there. One budget is spend 80%, save 20%. Another budget is the 50-30-20 approach. Take a look at my, or listen to my podcast where we can talk about budgeting. It may work for some, but it may not work for others. Plan for retirement. The sooner you plan for retirement, the more comfortable your retirement's gonna be. You'll be able to retire sooner than you think, most likely, if you start saving at 22 when you're out of college or 25 or whenever it is you start working and you have the ability to save. Even if it's $10 or $50 a month, save. The compounding effect over time, it's a giant snowball. Save when you can, while you can, as much as you can. You can always spend it if you save too much. And I've never heard anyone say I saved too much. That was usually, if anything, it's I wish I saved more. So save as much as you can. Take advantage of the match. Always try to save. If you have a health savings account, again, that's another podcast and seminar. Save there too. Anything you can do to save, save. If you don't save as much as you can, what's going to happen is you're going to spend it because you're either saving it or you're spending it. You're spending it. And then there's a it's kind of a reverse effect because you're not saving it, you're spending it. If you're saving it, you're spending less. But if you're spending it, then if you try to match those expenses in retirement, that's much higher. So you're going to have to try to save, you're saving less for a much higher lifestyle. Whereas if you save more, the lifestyle is much lower. Keep that in mind. If you're saving more, you're spending less. If you're not saving as much, you're going to be spending more. Take the time to learn about personal finance. We've had a client I met with couple days ago and she is very smart and her husband was a government worker they're both retired she was a civil engineer but it, they just don't get finance and that's fine we're here to help them educate help educate them but they will actively want to know about what a stock is how it works inside of their account why does their account and this is the basics why does their account value go up they don't understand that we point pointed them in the right direction but the sooner you start to understand personal finances the better you're gonna be because you're gonna have a better understanding as you get older. Oftentimes employers offer programs, financial wellness programs, educational programs, other types of goal setting, budgeting, financial crisis management, many different types of financial programs that are there for you. Take benefit from that, see if they offer it and if they do, if there's no cost, even if there's a cost, see what they can offer and how they can help. If you start applying these tips, Sooner than later, some of them, you will see over time that your financial wellness is going to increase and you will become financially healthy. And it's going to also probably impact your mental wellness as well, just because there's less anxiety, less stress. Having control of your money reduces stress. Uh, it prepares you for unexpected emergencies, helps you build for retirement, increases your financial flexibility down the road. Start sooner than later. Even if it's later in life for you, now is better than never. So if you have questions, want to talk about it more, come see us. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more podcasts. Thanks for listening. 
For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.